Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Initiatives podcast. My name is Ben Craven and today we're joined by Dr. Oliver Hartwich. Oliver, hello. Hi Ben. Oliver, you wrote your most recent column in Newsroom on journalism. In particular, you highlighted the recent Nobel Peace Prize winners, both journalists from Russia and the Philippines, uh, but you also used your column to explore the recent resignation of Austrian Chancellor Sebastian Kurz. Now, this is a bit of a scandal that seems to have all the best ingredients, so you've got a politician, you've got the media, and you've got money. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Yes, sure. Sebastian Kurz resigned. He was the wunderkind of European centre-right politics and had been for a long time. He's only 35. He entered politics in his 20s. He was foreign secretary at 27. He first became chancellor, I think he was 32. And now he's resigned and he's resigned over a corruption scandal. At least that's how it was reported, if it was reported at all in New Zealand. But the affair goes a lot deeper because it has a lot to do with the state of journalism in Austria. Because at the heart of the scandal was the question whether the chancellor influenced media to report in his favor, or whether he even encouraged news media to fabricate opinion polls showing that he's Austria's favorite politician. So that's really at the heart of that scandal. And it was only possible because in Austria, the state, the government, councils, state-owned companies combined spent about 222 million euros per year on the media by buying paid advertising in some newspapers. And for some of these newspapers, that is equivalent to about 40% of their total revenue. So you can see this is quite a murky setup in Austria. And out of that came potentially, and I have to say potentially because this is an ongoing trial and the public prosecution service is involved, potentially this actually led to some sort of corruption where politicians actually told the media what they would like to read in the papers. In your column, you note that Sebastian Kurz is still the most important politician in Austria, uh, despite having resigned from the chancellorship. Am I reading between the lines a little bit too much, or do I detect some admiration there? Would it be accurate to say you're a fan? Oh, I think I try to keep a bit more of a distance to politicians. I wouldn't call myself a fan, but in the past I often found myself in agreement with a lot of the positions that courts proposed, especially when it came to the European refugee crisis. I felt far closer to courts' position than, for example, to Angela Merkel's. But still, none of this justifies the alleged corruption that we can now see emerge um, in regards to the media affair. So the, the reason why I said that he still plays an important role in Austrian politics is because he simply hasn't disappeared. He has just changed offices. Instead of being the chancellor, he now leads the majority faction in the government. And um, he is still trying to clear his name, he says, and he's still trying to play an active role in Austrian politics. And keep in mind, he's only in his mid-30s. He's got a whole political career ahead of him still. I still don't think he will manage to come back as chancellor because... There is too much reputational damage that has happened, and I think that makes it quite unlikely for him to resume his office once all of that's over. That said, I think he might still have a future, but it might not necessarily be in Austria. It could well be a future at the European level, should the centre-right in the European Parliament ever look for another commission president. Right, so he could be off to the EU. Yes, I mean, that seems to be a standard kind of career for politicians that have a bit of trouble at home, so they go to Brussels. 
Taking a step back, in Anglophone media uh, in the last few years, we've heard allegations of fake news media. Um, you know, there's, there's a certain sense of distrust, uh, especially from some sectors of society, of the media in general. Does that also exist in uh, German language media? What, what are the views in Austria um, and in Europe more broadly? Well, I think the developments are actually quite similar and comparable. If you are talking about distrust in the media in English-speaking countries, I know that in Britain there is a lot of conservative resistance against the BBC. Many commentators on the conservative side of politics believe that the BBC has become unhinged, uh, too left-leaning, too unbalanced. And you see exactly the same um, allegations leveled against the ABC in Australia, also from conservative circles saying that the ABC has become a little bit too party political. And similarly, in Germany, you have a public broadcasting system that's actually extremely well financed, about 8 billion euros a year. And the same allegations are made there as well, also from the right of politics saying that the public broadcasters in Germany, so that's uh, the two TV channels, ARD and ZDF, plus, of course, a range of um, radio stations, plus the German national broadcaster Deutschlandfunk, Deutschland Radio, um, that they are also too far on the left. So it's actually quite comparable. So given the scandal, do you think that it's going to act as a bit of a wake-up call for the Austrian system or for journalists more broadly in Europe? Well, the funny thing about Austria um, and the Austrian scandal is that this time it's not a left-wing problem of journalism, it's actually a right-wing problem because Sebastian Kurz was a right-wing politician, sometimes even a slightly populist right-wing politician, and he has influenced the media in just the same way that many conservatives actually say that the left does with the public broadcasters elsewhere. So I think it's actually a general problem that occurs when the media get too close to politicians, no matter which politicians, whether it's politicians of the left or the right. As soon as politicians gain influence over broadcasters, over newspapers, over any kind of other publishers, it becomes difficult because there is always the danger of undue political influence. There is a separate problem, but a related one, when it comes to actually what does journalism want these days? The problem I see is actually that a lot of journalists these days, it's not so much that they become activists, it's more that the activists have become journalists. So activists have taken their ambitions and, and their goals to a different level by actually joining journalism, because that's the way they think they can actually pursue their goals and influence debates in their ways. But that has never been the function of journalism. Journalism as far as I understand it, and I probably have a very old-fashioned understanding of journalism, is about reporting what is. And one of my favorite quotes comes from a um, former news anchor on German TV, Hans-Joachim Friedrichs. Um, he once said that a good journalist never makes himself common with a cause, not even a good one. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. As soon as journalists make themselves common with a cause, a good cause, or let alone a politician or a party, that is dangerous because then you will not have the kind of reporting that you would expect from journalists. So I think for good journalists, they might have their own personal opinions, their own principles, their ideals, their values, and that's all very well. But as journalists, what I expect from them is not to be an activist, but to actually report properly and fairly on politicians of all different parties and actually leave their personal views to a degree behind and have a greater internal independence. It looks like that can be quickly compromised when a lot of money's involved. 
Dr. Oliver Hardwich, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast, and we'll have to pay close attention to what emerges with the uh, Sebastian Kurtz investigation. Thank you. Thank you. To stay up to date with our latest research, opinions and events, sign up to our weekly insights newsletter at nzinitiative.org.nz.